I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around And the rumpus and ruck is so comfortable now Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow So I got an apartment across from the park Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling great Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow Here we go Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, Charles Number One Podcast, recorded in the basement. We are back again via Zoom because why not? Let's just get some more guests that no wouldn't normally be able to stop by in the basement. It is me, J Roll Nation. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at J Roll Nation, Facebook, the Beards Watch Podcast, and you can find our podcast, the Beards Watch, on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And then if you're really feeling crazy, you can go on YouTube with all our brewery reviews, beerio carts, reaction videos. We've got one more reaction video of the Super Bowl here in a couple weeks and all our other shenanigans. So you can find that at They See Me Rolling. And then if you're really feeling crazy, like Jeeves on this past Friday night, he was so hungover on Saturday, you can go buy a T-shirt. So, Jeeves, speaking of, how you doing? You you, you not hungover anymore? Nah, I'm good. I'm <laughs> Yeah, got all that cleared out Saturday and was able to watch football uh, Saturday and Sunday, but more Sunday because I was laying in the bed not doing nothing. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm uh, Jeeves1988 on Instagram and Twitter. All right, and the man, the a man himself, uh, Duvall, I don't know if you saw the clip that came out. Did you see that guy from a that got catfished? Yes, I did. Oh, I did. uh-oh. <laughs> I, listen, listen, that, that's, that's a new era, man, because I don't know nothing about that, man. They weren't doing that back in 07, 08, man. No, no, man. I saw that. But, uh, but yeah, man, you know, I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, just taking it a day at a time, man. You know, just excited for what 2021 brings. Uh, if you're looking for me, uh, it's Rod vs. Duvall on Twitter, just Duvall on Instagram. All right, yeah, I thought it was funny. I still can't believe people are getting catfished in the year of 2021, I feel like after a while, if I'm hitting somebody up and they don't want to hang out or they try to hang out or they don't send pictures, it's like, yeah. okay, it's time to move on and find something real. But Especially after they made a TV show and a movie about it. I know. It's crazy. And like you can do everything that they do on your own, but it's, it's still wild. Yeah. All right. So our guest this evening is a, is a friend of mine from way back in the day. Duvall brought up 0708. That's about the time I met this young fella back in the UNCG dorm days. We had a couple of those join in the past. Again, as I said earlier on the Zoom, why not get more people who could, wouldn't normally attend on a Tuesday night in the basement because they're living outside of Charlotte. Like I said, we cut loose, had too many, one too many parties, had a lot of shenanigans in the dorms, let me crash at his place, all that good stuff. Taylor, man, how you doing? Doing good. Good to be here. Yeah, man. So, what have you been up to? I know we, you graduated 2011 pre-pharmacy, right? Yep. And then you went and got the the pharmacy. Is that a master's? Is that a doctorate? A doctorate, yeah. Doctorate. Oh, so big timer. So, I think this is like the third or fourth doctor we've had on here. We have some large, has some doctors. No, no. Every now and then, we like to spice it up with bring the higher educations through. So, <laughs> what was that process like? I know you really ramped down there at the end of undergrad, from the, the freshman, sophomore year, we were cutting loose a lot more. You, you, you ramped up yeah. to make sure you got in the, in the pharmacy school. How was that process? Uh, you know, just keeping to the books and trying to 
get good grades to get in, you know, yeah. worked, um, started out early working in the pharmacy just to try to get that experience. So that way I could, I mean, I'm, I'm no like a straight A student. So yeah. I had that work experience just to help myself get in, yeah. uh, especially uh, UNC. So it was just a lot of hard work. And once I got there, still a lot of hard work or whatnot, but got through it. So what, what do you actually do now to pay the bills? Um, uh, work at Walmart. Oh, nice. pharmacy. Okay. Yeah, retail pharmacy. Um, just down Winston near Louisville. Okay. Right there, right near Louisville. Yeah. How I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. How has that been during COVID with all these protocols? I mean, I feel like when That's I go crazy. pick up my yeah, I go pick up my allergy medicine behind the counter. You know, everything's got the got the uh, what you plexiglass up now. The the hand oh, yeah, sanitizer. All that. Hit their heads on that every day. <laughs> they're going to put the card. It's like. <laughs> great so how um, did y'all ever shut down at all like no no, no we uh, we cut back hours um okay. we closed at seven okay it's uh which is gonna suck when we go back to nine to nine but yeah <laughs> yeah we're nine to seven right now which is great okay did you, did you see an uptick in prescriptions during this covid time uh, or first when they when we first went to lockdown yeah. everything died this is dead but okay. um Especially when it get dark, it was just like no one was out. But yeah. um, I would say probably about four months in, it started picking back up, and now our we're busier now than we ever was. So. Yeah, it seems like everyone's kind of getting back out into it. Yeah, yeah. So with doing this pharmacy, I remember you kind of at least for me, I think like everyone goes through that when they go through cheap beer when you're allegedly underage drinking cheap beer and then you finally turn 21 and you still stick around with a little bit of binge drinking cheap beer but then you're like you know what let me try something else i feel like you were one of the first ones on the social media that i saw brewing their own stuff hitting the different breweries that were around town and now i feel like you're you're just you're chopping away so let's get into that creative juice did the is this the offset of your pharma you know pharmaceutical side but the creative juices of it yeah, yeah, definitely uh, the creative. I um, I started brewing uh, when, what was it, 2000, 2010, yeah, okay. 2009, 2010, uh, junior year. Okay. So, yeah, living off Acock Street off uh, near UNCG, best <laughs> way was like right down the street, so that's where I'd go to pick up beer, and then I was like, there's this aisle of all this craft beer or this stuff, I have no idea what it is, yeah. let me just pick something up, and just slowly grew into it, and I was like, you know what? Is actually um, Jonathan uh, Gonzalez. Okay. Do you remember him from yeah, undergrad? Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he was like, uh, I got this Groupon to this uh, homebrew shop. It's like twenty bucks. We can go drink a bunch of beer, watch them brew. You want to do it? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And then after that, just kind of like uh, set off a spark, and from there I just started doing it all the time. So what's it what's it been like? Like, what is your setup right now? You started off small. But I feel like you, you know you were just te- texting me the other day, twelve hour brew days yesterday, today. What what is are you are you, are you running a little uh, spot out of your house there? You, you just, <laughs> a little speakeasy out of the basement door or something? I, I I really do need to upgrade my equipment. I um I still one of my I use uh, igloo coolers for my mash tuns because okay. they hold temperature really well. You just convert them into where they hold the grain with the water to steep it to convert the, the starch into sugar. Um. I still have my my original one that I started using when I started brewing that I made, and then um, I got another one, and then I have uh, two uh, 15 gallon uh, kettles to brew with. Okay. Uh, 
one of them is like I actually bought as a kettle. The other is actually a Budweiser keg, like a 15 gallon Budweiser keg, where I had someone just use like a plasma torch to cut the top off of it, and nice. then I just put a um, uh, the uh, I can't even think the the nozzle on the bottom of it for it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What what's what's your favorite beer to brew? Uh, that's a hard one. Um, I love making IPAs. I've kind of gotten on a lager kick okay. and uh, stouts, clearly, the 12-hour brew days yeah. that I just had yesterday and today. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just go through phases. I think, like, every couple months, I'm like, I don't want any more of that. Like, let me let me get something different. So, as I say that, though, I am drinking an IPA, uh, <laughs> Uber Quenchel from uh, Heist out of okay. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, local to you, right? He- Heist is a good spot, yeah. man. They got two yeah, two locations up this way, so we all yeah. we frequent that place a good little bit. So, I guess there's just so much to kind of branch off into your, you know, I'm interested in, like you said, you seemed on your post, you're shipping beer to people, you're brewing, like, what, I guess, what would be the, your next step? Is this just more of a home brew you like it for your creative juices? Would you ever like to be a head brewer at a, at a spot someday, or... What's your no? What you, no? <laughs> well, no, no. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I like being in control of things. So I okay. don't know if like working for another brewery is a direction I I want to go. I don't want to be told what beers to make on what days. Fair enough. Um, like like I have this like my my mindset on like what I want to create and stuff like that. So my next step would probably be to get into contract brewing. Ooh, where okay. I just get licensed to um, basically go to a brewery, brew the beer, and then take control of it after it's ready, and then sell it or distribute it wherever, make okay. money off it that way, just to build up capital, and then hopefully at some point get you know like a, a brew pub okay. type setup. Yeah. So you you want to make sure you're running the shop, so no one's telling you, hey, I need more of this IPA or more of this stout kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Duval, so I know you I, got I, something. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got, I got one. I, I mean, I got a couple uh, <laughs> brewery questions, but I got a, a, a pharmaceutical question. So, like, kind of speaking about just, you know, kind of being on your own, have you ever thought about kind of branching away from Walmart and opening up your own, you know, personal pharmacy or anything like that as well, kind of just kind of just be able to branch off from Walmart? Um, that's actually the reason I got into pharmacy. I had a buddy, Jeff Biggs. Yeah. Jeff, yeah, big his, guy. Uh, um, I went into undergrad as a biology major, actually chemistry. And then I realized after organic, that was not my thing. Um, so I switched <laughs> to biology. Um, but his dad, opened, he owned some, uh, independent pharmacies, I think like three or four of them. And he was like, dude, right out of school, you go to pharmacy school, I'll hire you on. And then those just kind of dwindled down as pharmacy school went on. And so I just felt like um, Walmart was like the safer way to go there. As far as like going back into the community or like open my own pharma- uh, community pharmacy, I just don't have the drive for that. <laughs> um, when, my pa- when it comes to my like true passion, it's definitely more of like creating stuff. So brewing is my way of creating stuff. Uh, pharmacy is, I enjoy it. I enjoy helping people, providing that service to them, but it doesn't give doesn't create enough spark for me to want to actually open my own and like go into like all the ins and outs and the headaches that come with that. It would just be too stressful in my, my mind. Yeah. You prefer the headaches of brewing beer. than the Yeah. Yeah. 12 hour brew day stuck sparge. Like what the heck am I going to do here? Like, yeah, yeah. Figure that out. That's fine with me. Yeah. 
See, that, I think that's very interesting how, like, you've got, obviously, you needed to make some money to pay the bills, and now you've got your creative side where it could potentially make money, but it's also just for your, your personal gain right now and maybe some small cash here and there. But from you saying you don't want anybody telling you what to do on the brew side to now you're like, hey, let Walmart run all the figures. I'm just there to <laughs> clock in. I'm cool with that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah in that aspect, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I know you talked about how you say you've been been brewing since I think you said like 2010, somewhere around there. What's your what's your worst beer that you Ooh. brewed? And you're just like, I would never make this shit again. <laughs> and then what's the best, what's the best one that you're just like, you know what? Like I gotta <laughs> name this something special and keep this to the side. You know what? What yeah. are those two? So my worst beer was probably um, back in undergrad. I think it was like probably my first year. Um, a buddy of mine wanted a uh, Hefeweizen, and he wanted a blueberry Hefeweizen. I have never fruited a beer at that point. I <laughs> wasn't sure what I was doing. Um, did a lot of research after um, the disaster. But uh, <laughs> I, I basically dropped just a ton of blueberries into this beer, like fresh blueberries. Um, and the sugar from all that and just the, the blueberries, the skins and everything – clogged up the whole airlock on the carboy mm. and it launched blueberries all over the ceiling oh. <laughs> and mind you this is uh ellie's we were living at her parents condo of our junior year of uh, undergrad so um that was that was fun trying to clean up and hide of course it didn't work they're yeah. like why are these blue stains on our ceiling <laughs> <laughs> so uh um, that would say, I mean, the beer was decent, but it was like probably like the worst experience I've had with brewing a beer. Um, uh, I'd say the best thing I've done, um, probably, uh, the, my rye stout, I named it after my son, uh, his name's uh, Rye, R-H-Y-E. Um, so I did a big Imperial stout, um, with a bunch of rye malts in it too, and then put it in a rye whiskey barrel. And then after that was done, I aged it on or conditioned it on toasted coconut, vanilla beans, and um, cocoa nibs. And that turned out good. Yeah, I actually just did the second batch. That was um, what I just posted. If you go to Weston Brewing, my, my homebrew Instagram wow. uh, for my brewery, it's uh, <laughs> I posted a video I made for the, the bottle. So if you go there, you can check it out and see the little clip I made for it. Yeah, that's right. I forgot to give you your chance to, if people wanted to find you on the Instagrams and the Twitters and the Facebooks, if you want to be found, you mentioned one. Is, is that the West End Beer Guy? Uh, West End Beer Guy is just my personal. Uh, yeah. If you go to West End Brewing, that's uh, like my homebrew brewery Okay. Instagram. So you've already got the name. Have you filed all your your stuff in case you decide to open this brewery? Or is this just... No, not yet. Um, and honestly... Uh, like the other day, I was like, I wonder how many like Weston brewing. Yeah. Like, if there's any out there, I actually had somebody. Uh, I created the the handle on Instagram probably like six months ago, and yeah. about four months ago, I had someone reach out on Instagram saying, "Hey, can we like take this from you or whatever?" Because <laughs> they're opening up a coffee shop on the West Coast, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm going to keep it." Wow! Um, but then I looked it up on Instagram, and uh, there's already like seven other Weston brewing companies. So, yeah. don't really think it's going to stick. <laughs> So as it's homebrew, that's what I'm going with. I gotta, I gotta, because 
I'm going more of like a, a space theme with like my labels and stuff. Okay. I don't know. So how did you um, come up with that probably, name? Uh, the West End. Yeah. Uh, just li- I live in West End, oh, okay. Salem. Yeah. Like, in historical district, so yeah. That's a simple. That's kind of straightforward. Yeah, it's kind of you. Find, you know, like you said, and you know, no one can really like file a copyright for a location. A West End is it's so generic that no one, you know, you say, yeah, you just, very true, very true. Yeah, I just want to come up with something like, uh, I guess, more creative, right? Yeah, so. we did. Yeah, we did. It was funny, you know. Duval brought that, or we talked about the names because I think uh, that was one of the notebook questions a little bit ago was coming up with if you had a brewery, what were the names? And some people didn't want to release their good names in case they, they decided to, to do it one day. But, you know, it is a, it's, it's interesting trying to come up with a name of something where, it, it, like you said, your forever name, where you, you, don't, you want to love it, but you don't want to not fall, like, fall out of love with it kind of thing, too. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you've got that beer. Have you sold any of that on the side? Or do you more just gift that to some of your, your, your famous followers or something like, hey, try this out? Or is it more or just you and Ellie Stash and friends that come over and drink? Uh, a little bit of all that except selling it just because it's homebrew. I don't yeah. have any license. Ah, okay. You don't, want the, you don't want the lawman knocking on your door. You know, if someone came after me for homebrew, that's a, that's a bit, you know, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um. No, hey, yeah. you don't remember that time we got we got busted with the water pong cups in freshman year, right? Dude, yes, I did. I, 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 that story actually came up the other day. I can't remember why, but I was like, y'all got to listen to this yes. story. I'm like, uh, yeah, that was crazy. So, we so, just got that new RA. Yeah, so for people out there listening, don't know, like I said, Taylor and I, we got into a lot of shenanigans, and this mm-hmm. was right around the time was like I was pledging, and, and Taylor was joining and starting his new fraternity over there, and we used to all still hang out in the a dorm hallway, and we went. We used to take a table from like the common area and put it in and Taylor and Jeff's dorm room, and just play. We actually were just playing with water. We wanted to do like an experiment. We were like, "Are they good?" Because they started busting us for like small things, like the tiniest things here and there. We had no beer because we were all like 18, 19 years old. We we're like, "Let's just play water pong and see what happens." And we're playing, and you see the RAs walking around and like they walk past Taylor's room, and like. Do like a, a, a backtrack. Like, are they really? Because we had the door wide open. Like, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we had the door open. And yeah. they're like, are they really playing like beer pong with the door wide open? You Jeff showed them the cups. Yeah. And they're like, it's just water. So, so they looked, and they didn't believe us. So they called the campus police. Campus police came in. And Damn. we were sitting there, and he was like looking at We're like, look, it's water. Smell it. Taste it. And he's like, oh, I don't believe you. Looked at all the stuff. We're like, we, we don't have yeah, any beer. He opened the fridge, nothing there. Yeah, yeah, we don't. He's like, well, you know what? We could get you for stealing this table. We're like, stealing this table? It goes in the common room. We're going to put it back, man. Like, we're all, paying, we're all paying tuition here and paying room and board. Like, we can have a right to borrow this table. He's like, well, you got to put it. We're, like, we're going to put the table back. And, yeah, so that was one of those funny moments is just being a 19-year-old. Just be like, come on. What are you guys doing? But Right. It was it was definitely one of those epic little times there in the uh, the dorm rooms, but so after no one's that, gonna you might as well drink beer. say what Duval? I mean, after that, you might as well start drinking beer. Then, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we had to do a house party. That was just a pregame or something. I don't know. It might have even been like on a random Wednesday night. I can't recall, but it was just funny <laughs> them trying to get us for something else. <laughs> it was just out there trying to get you guys. 
Oh, sounds, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And the Cowboys is pissed. He came all the way out there and it's the final. <laughs> he wasn't going to get to write a ticket. Yep. Because <laughs> they loved writing them tickets, man. Loved it. So, all right. So you got your beer. You say, yeah, you're not selling it, but you know how when you do brew, how much do you brew? For like y'all selves, like because I know you don't want to overbrew, or you say you might get sick of one mm-hmm. after a while. Let it, you know, you don't want it to go flat or whatever. Most house stuff that I make is um, five gallons, okay. but uh, I'm I'm really getting into barrel aging stouts. That's why I had these two 12 hour brew days. Yeah. Um, days were five hour boils on a stout. Um, so talk us talk us through that process for somebody like you know I, I enjoy yeah, going yeah. to breweries I don't necessarily get to see all the work behind it but mm-hmm. a twelve hour brew day kind of how does that break down into twelve hours? Um, a lot of the times it's waiting for water to warm. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you uh, you you take your grain, you you heat up your water, um, then you basically um, add your grain in, you let it steep at a certain temperature. Depending on your style, the temperatures vary. Um, and then those starches turn to sugars. Um, and then after that, what you do is you rinse the grain with water. And then you just start pulling off all that liquid, um, that sugar water, the wort. And then you boil it, uh, depending depending on uh, what you're making. Um, you have like a 60-minute boil, 75, 90 all the way up to like five. I mean, there's some breweries now that are doing like the stupid, like 12 hour boils on stouts and barley wines, which is insane. What is, so what is that? The longer the boil, what does that do for the beer? Um, you're, I mean, you're in a sense you're cooking it. Um, but, uh, you're, you're, you're looking for, uh, it's like the Maillard reaction. It's basically the same reaction you have when you throw a steak on a grill. Okay. Uh, That, that caramelization basically that occurs. Okay. Uh, so the longer you boil the beer, in a sense, you're getting those compounds and sugars, um, just creating um, like a thicker beer, in a sense, and creating that kind of flavor that um, is becoming sought after. Yeah. Here, so. Okay, so a longer the longer it stays there, in theory, if you do it correctly, yeah. It but should... then you can get excessive, and I think twelve hours is pretty much just excessive. Is I that, think like is that just somebody yeah. doing twelve hours just like you said, just trying to be excessive and trying to get more flavors? Or do you think there is it, like you said, uh, where you're kind of just getting kind of crazy where at a certain point mm-hmm. you're not necessarily adding more flavor, you're just adding more work to the plate? You're adding work, and I would say you're just adding work and uh, kind of putting a name on it. You know, we will <laughs> this for 12 hours, yeah. and we're going to make zero money off of it. But. <laughs> <laughs> just one of those, like, things where I always think it's funny, too, like when you go into breweries, and, and the awards that are hanging on the wall and the names of them, if you don't know, it could, like, I always joked, if I ever opened a brewery, I would just hang random awards and make them up from something. Because right? how many times... Take like, your trophies from when you, like, were growing up yes. and put them on the wall. Yes, just put them on the <laughs> yeah. wall. Be like, yeah, that's where we, we won. Tr- we, we have awards. Yeah, we, we won third place at the Great American Beer Sideways <laughs> Northwest Festival, you know, as our, the best stat. Yeah. Like, Unless you're a diehard, there's so many things. If you come in there and hang for a little bit, you'd be like, "Oh wait, that's not real." Or I'm not really going to Google that. Uh, you know, Great American. I know there's that the, the Great American Beer Fest that's out in Colorado everywhere. But I always just like some of those because you you see some names and you're like, "That sounds kind of made up," you know. What I mean? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. Know, so. you know, yeah. But yeah. no, I agree. With you. So and that's what I think when the, you say the 12 hours, it's one of those things where people are like, "Look, we you know we boil this for 12 hours." So 
it's like yeah. like that bragging rights of trying to say how much better we are than hey, if you just did it for half the time, it's going to taste about the exact same. So yeah, yeah, and also I mean I. I could see the other side of it, like if they're just doing it like one time for the experiment's sake, then sure, you know. That's yeah, true. If you're doing it multiple times, it just seems like a bit yeah. excessive in a way. Okay, so you hit your you hit your six you use six hours or five hours for the one you just did five five hours five. okay yeah so at five hours you're you know you're about halfway through your twelve hour day, so what comes after after those five hours? So, uh, well, the boil, and then cooling it probably takes up. Just six hours in a sense. The other six okay. hours is really just warming up the liquid because it's so much water. Yeah. To warm up. Um, and then mashing is only like an hour, hour and a half. But then you got a lotter. And with my setup, my uh, my mash tons aren't really – I'm basically maxing them out okay. to full capacity on it. And with this one – the stout's the biggest stout I've ever made. So um, when you add like flaked oats and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and a lot of protein, it thickens up the mash. So it makes okay. it really hard to pull all that water out. Okay. Um, so usually when you think of watering, I mean, you're going to have it done 30, 45 minutes. It really depends on how fast um, you get clear runnings off of the liquid you're pulling out because you want to make sure it's clear before you start putting it into the, the brew kettle. Um <clears throat> but essentially yeah, like 30 45 minutes uh this was taking it took me probably like an hour and a half to get it okay and so i had to basically because i did 15 there's 16 gallons and so i had to do basically two of my mash tons and then pull one off and then refill it then take off the other one and then pull the other one and so all while like starting the boil at the same time um so yeah, it took a lot of time to like heat up all that water and pull all that that uh, juice off, and then like I mean, stuck sparges. So like it gets so so once you start rinsing it, and I don't rinse that much on these big stouts. Like it's really just a lot of first runnings where it's like super high gravity, um, or you know like it's just a lot a lot of sugar. So I'm not like rinsing it and diluting it down when I'm boiling it, um, but the grain just gets so compact that like you're basically pulling off nothing. Like it's just like dripping. So then you have to like go back in, reagitate it, and then start basically all over again. Wow. Um, so it just adds to it, yeah. So then you finally get to the final process, and you can yours, you bottle yours? Uh, bottle. You bottle, yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, yeah. you obviously canning, it'd be kind of tough if you're keeping it homebrew style, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I thought about it, and canning's a great idea. It's just when you buy cans, you have to buy in bulk. Yeah. And I mean, you have to buy a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the, the canner as well costs like a grand. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, they're expensive. Um, and that's just like, that may be like the bottom line one. Yeah. Um, it may be more, it's been a while since I've looked at it. It just so like, I was like, man, I should get into canning. That seems cool. Yeah. Everyone's doing it now, going from bottle. And then I was yeah. like, yeah, that's not really, uh, yeah, that's not really what I. <laughs> Is it, I do think it's it's been wild to see that transition, how I feel like it was all about the uh, growlers. And it was like, mm-hmm. everyone, bring your, you go to a brewery, bring your growler, fill it up, mm-hmm. you know, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. And then it went to the crowlers with the cans. And I feel like it's still there, but it's like that freshness. I know. You know, you get a growler. If you don't drink it all within a day or two, 
and you've opened it, it feels like it's back to flat. And then yeah. the crack, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Just because yeah. you let so much yeah. so much air in it, and then the same yep. thing with those crowlers, there's a little bit less, but you better once you crack it, as with any beer, you gotta drink it all right there in that sitting. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And depending where you get your crowlers too, if they're not like purging with CO two. Yeah. You don't want to hold on to it too long. Yeah. You get oxidation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, not, it's nothing worse than realizing that and you've cracked it open. You're like, all right, I'm going to come back to this in a couple of days. And then you're like, oh, damn it. No, nah, can't do it. It's, My IPA doesn't smell like anything. No, it, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't taste like anything. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh. So. Turns into pond water. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, so you get the, So how many, you just put them in like the 12 ounce bottles or do you have like bigger ones that you use? Yeah. Or? Usually 12 ounces. 12 ounces is what I do. Sometimes 22. Um, I have a decent amount of people ask me for bottles, so I now just keep it to 12. Yeah. (laughs) That way I have some to drink as well. (laughs) Now, I know a buddy of mine was, was, he did some home brew, and every time he would do it, it it seemed to come out with like, (laughs) that like crunchy sediment. You know what I'm saying? A sediment. That would come like when you pour it. Is that a like what was he forgetting to do at the end there, where it uh, had too much sediment? It depends. Yeah. If he's bottle conditioning. Yeah. Um, so if he wasn't using kegs to fill his bottles. Gotcha. Then he was relying on the yeast in the that was still in the beer okay. and probably adding like some like priming sugar. Yeah. That way the yeast would come back alive and you know carb it for him. Yeah. So that would lead to sediment. Okay. okay. Or if he just wasn't allowing it to clarify enough before bottling it. Too. All right. Fair enough. What you, what is your favorite beer? Not necessarily yours right now. Or give me, I'll, I'll say top three. Because I know it's tough to choose just one. Your top three beers that you would like to drink. If you were if you're going to the store and you know you could get it at the store. Or we could even go six pack because since you normally get six packs. Honestly, my, one of my favorite beers to drink right now. Actually, two. I'll give you two. Okay. Um. Imperial Hop Drop, also low No doubt, no doubt, yeah. just brand new. I actually just got me a four-pack a little bit ago. I think it packs some punch there. Imperial Hop Drop, yeah. It's uh, it's getting back to their, their original their original. Yep. Hop Drop back in the day because, like, they won that award. They yep. won the – speaking of awards, they won yep. the gold medal. Yep. And, and it was just, like, and hard to get. You couldn't find it anywhere. I uh, that's one of my trading days. I would trade for beer, and I like traded a case of that for some like stupid rare barrel aged stout. Yeah, out from like California that no one was like able to get their hands on. But uh, and then it just fell off, and now all of a sudden it's getting good again. So yeah, beer hot drop. It's um, funny you say that because being in Charlotte, you know, next to Asheville, I feel like we've just there's. I mean, there's still like five more breweries opening up in near uptown and around this area. That Noda like climb was wild to see, and then they won that award, and everybody was up their ass. Like this mm-hmm. is great, and it's rightfully so. They were brewing great stuff, but then it came to a point where, as anybody does, when you so many people kiss your ass, they kind of just like were they were putting out stuff, and you're like, this isn't the standard that well, they were. Yeah, yeah, I think they they basically were increasing production um, at the expense of quality. Yes. so they were trying to just you know pump it out and get it, and they probably had deadlines to meet, and they were just like. Gotta get it out. Yep. So here it goes. So. No, I agree. And then now this one is it like I agree exactly what you said. It's gotten back to what it is, what it was five, six years ago when they were really putting out some of the some of the best beer in Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, so you got that one. What's your second one? Um local uh local brewery to me, probably like five minutes from my house, uh incendiary. 
Yeah. They're, uh, they're pills. Oh, man. They're pills. Ritual yeah. pills. Love it. It's like, uh, it's, it's on the hoppy side. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, oh, I just love it. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's not your standard, just like uh, standard pills where you have like a little bit of like a bite in the finish. Like you still get that hop presence and the aroma. Also get like a good grassy, um, grassy note in there too. I, it's interesting you say that about those pilsners because I feel like some breweries in smaller towns or areas just create that for those Miller Lite, Coors Light, Bud Light drinkers mm-hmm. to get them in. Like, hey, look, this is this is somewhat similar to what you what you drink, but this is a little bit better kind of thing. And like you yeah. said, when you come across some a place that puts a little more time and effort into it, you're like, oh. And Incendiary, actually, that brewery, like, we went there. I went there with Cheeks. It. I think he cried drinking their beer. I don't know if you had their Almond Joy Stout that they had. Yeah, that and beer's good. Yes, he he was like he was like this reminds me him. He was saying it reminded him of his grandma's like Almond Joy cake that she made, oh, wow. and she had passed away. Wow. And he was like, "Yo, this is like it tastes just like it." And I never, I was like, "Holy!" And like he said, and what I liked about Incendiary too is. They pack some punch with their beers too. They're not they're not pulling oh, anything yeah. back. So you get oh, yeah. that almond joy stout. It's sitting there at that eight percent, nine percent. You get some of that mm-hmm. stuff where it's not sitting back. Kind of like what you know? Why am I getting a stout that's like five point two percent? That just makes me angry. You know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He definitely has a uh, uh, Brandon. He's the the head guy there. Yeah. Um, he definitely likes making the the bigger the bigger stouts. And, yeah. Um, playing with adjuncts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of their uh, barrel-aged stouts they did was in, actually inspired by a homebrew I gave him. Okay. But so I, I did a barrel-aged, uh, rum barrel-aged stout that I conditioned on um, uh, pecans Yeah. that I glazed with maple syrup. Okay. And then threw cocoa nibs and vanilla in there as well. And I gave him a bottle, and he was like, dude, how did you do this? <laughs> Tell me how you put this in this beer. <laughs> And, uh, so we, uh, we talked to him back and forth and then like two weeks later, he's like, come, come down to the brewery. You got to try it. Yeah. So like got to sample it like off the bright tank before it went nice. bottles and everything. It was really cool. Yeah. It's, that's pretty sweet. Now did he, did you, did he slide you a little bit of something, something there or was that just a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. He did help you out. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know if he's just, you know, Hey, let me just get the rights to this. Never mind, Nah, someone else just told no. me how to do it. <laughs> I'll say this: Have you had uh, Ass Clowns beer? Um, very limited. Okay, um, you like IPAs. My favorite beer is uh, Orange Ass Clowns Orange Orange Citrus IPA. To me, yep. it is it's one of the best. And cause I'm big on consistency too. I hate going yeah, to places yeah. and one day in in January the beer tastes like a, and then the next time when I'm I'm there again in April and it tastes like see like I, i'm just like what's going on here and i feel like they always bring just an eliteness to it and they finally started getting out in stores they weren't allowed to get into harris teeters for a while because of the name ass yeah but now they're finally getting out there and if you get a chance man i mean it's it's one of my favorites a nice little hazy not too overly acidic but one of those ones you feel like you can just crush and crush and then all of a sudden you stand up and you're like yo i should not where have drank are they, where are they out of cornelius yeah, okay, I knew I knew that was somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's right up here. Out. They're in a little spot with. Uh, have you heard of D Nine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're right right down the road from D Nine, okay. which they're opening up like three new spots up here in Charlotte as well. So it's, wow, wow. Did you open one up in Uptown? 
I yeah, think I got, saw. yeah. So if you ever see that uh, orange citrus, get a you need to get you a little get you a little four pack because it's, it's. I fantastic. do know they do good stouts. I know they do good stouts. I've had um, a couple barrel aged stouts from them that yep. like blew me away. They're they're also because they're one of those breweries that they're very small and they they have a ton on the menu and you always get worried when places have a ton on the menu that they're spreading themselves too thin. But all their stuff, they do a lot of the spicy beers too, and some of the best pepper beers to where you actually, it's not just there to burn your tongue off. It actually gives you the taste of like the jalapeno or the ghost pepper stout. Nice. And I'm know, down for that. I'm oh, down for that. Yeah. They make a killer Remember, uh, a ghost chili pepper stout. Did you ever have? It's been discontinued, um, but it was called Ghostface Killer. I can't think of the brewery that made it, but they put ghost peppers into a, a beer. Uh, man, that was like 2016 when. I feel like it. the one we did it's last like shit, but it was so it was like it literally burned your like your fucking tongue. The, the, like the, all the, way down. the one we did last year when Cheeks was here was called Russian Roulette from Unknown, and they did a <clears throat> four pack, and one of them had the beer in it. We did, it right? Yeah, yeah, and we did a, a beerio cart, and Cheeks ended up with it. But the funny weird thing about it, and you could probably speak on it, is some of their when they were. Some of the people were storing it, right? And it ended up, if I guess the temperature got it got too warm, it was oxidizing or fermenting, and the cans were blowing up in people's mm-hmm. like beer closets or whatever it was. So they had to like they didn't they didn't brew it this year because I think they had that issue. And the people were also getting sick because they were opening it up and it was still like fermenting while it was just sitting there. So yeah, yeah, that just means it wasn't done. <laughs> and like the beer hasn't hadn't fully attenuated. Basically, the yeast hadn't all fallen out and stopped actually eating up the sugar. Okay, probably goes back to another production line yep. issue where they had a deadline to meet yeah. to get it out to the distributor. So yeah, so that that to me would it sounds like would be your biggest pushback would be if you ran it, you could kind of do what you wanted, but if you've got a distributor there pushing you on a deadline, mm-hmm. you you more so want to make sure that art and the craft of it. Is there? Yeah. Before getting that's it also, out. Yeah, I, I would probably keep my my um, whole thing small. Yeah. So it'd be mostly just self. It'd probably just be totally self. <laughs> just come pick it up. Yeah, yeah, pick it up. I'll take it to the places I know and yeah. like, and that'd be it. Yeah, yeah. So what? Really... What's next on your after? Do you have a brew uh, a beer coming up after this? Even though I know you just did two twelve hour days. Yeah, actually, I have a beer um, that I uh, I just got the labels for it in today. Actually, um, that's uh, a spontaneous beer. So okay. it's inspired by Belgium. So they do like a lot of like their lambics and gooses and stuff like that. It's just yeah. spontaneously fermented beer. Uh, so when we were living back in Clemens, I think this I did it like two two and a half years ago. I basically just fermented a beer. Stuck it outside. It has to be cold, so it was like 35 degrees at night, and then put cheesecloth over the top. So that way, it just pick up whatever like microflora, whatever's floating around in the air, just fall into it. Took that and put it in an oak barrel for eight months. Um, added some peaches to it, and then we moved. So I had to take it out of the oak barrel <laughs> earlier than I wanted, and I stuck it into a keg and just let it age in the keg for another year, year and a half. And then I have a buddy who works for a winery, local winery. I can't think of the name of it right now, but he, um, they were bleeding off um, grape juice, basically, um, from the tank. 
to get it more concentrated. So it's called like bleed juice. And it was from, um, what was it? It was a cab front grape or whatever. I think it's what it's called. Um, and he gave me about two gallons of it. And I just added that into this beer and let it go for another three months and then let it kind of like naturally condition off the sugar from the grape juice. And then it's in my kegerator right now. Um, uh, tastes pretty good. I'm going to bottle it up. It's still a little sweet. Um, the carbs a little low, so I'm hoping to bottle it and then let it condition a little bit more and pick up some more carb, but that's the next thing. So how long, how long have you been working on this? Like almost a year on this beer? Uh, two, two and a half. Like oh. they, they, they go slow. Wow. So spontaneous beers are not, not a fast thing. Oh, so, so spontaneous is this, is that yeah, style where yeah. you just so, kind of yeah. let it. So it's like, it's getting inoculated by a pretty small amount of yeast or okay. bacteria so it takes a while for it to like work its way through everything um like in belgium or whatnot they'll they usually throw all their stuff into oak and then age it for multiple years and then they'll blend off of the barrels for whatever tastes best so fortunately my i don't have that capability <laughs> yet you don't have your own zone where no one can come no, and tell you hey i'm working yeah, I'm working on that with stouts. That's like my project why I had the stout. So I have like uh, two barrels full right now, two 15-gallon rye whiskey barrels. And this double brew day is to fill a 25-gallon weeded uh, uh, whiskey barrel. Okay. And then I'm just going to keep going from there. So Because all this stuff is going to – I'm going to try to age most of it for like six-plus months. Fifteens are going to go at least six months. So do you have to go rent yourself a – do you have to go rent yourself like a, a storage shed or something with Not, all this stuff? No. So, uh, part of the reason I agreed to the new the new house we moved into because okay. I was like, oh, I want to move, I want to move. So I was like, all right. And so we're looking at houses. This house has a nice basement. Okay. So in the basement, it stays like 50, 55 degrees all the time. So perfect place to just put some barrels. So Okay. All right. And you, my basement and, is my cellar. There you go. And now – Luckily, the kid's not too old enough to go down there and mess with the stuff just yet, right? So exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You and Ellie going on a trip, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wait a second, who's pinched off this this hang over here?" <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to figure out something when he's a teenager, now. Yeah, yeah. I feel then you on it's that. like, yeah, yeah. And you can't just leave the liquor bottles. The <laughs> yeah, you can't just leave the liquor bottles. Or yeah, he'll be drinking. Like that's the wild thing is he might his first beer might not be that nasty. I don't know, Miller Lite or Natty Lite. It might be one of your 10-year-age, you know, keg something, and you'll be like, I've been saving that, and it's all gone. No, I have a, I actually have a Lambic beer because they're um, good for aging for like 20, 30 years. Like, it's crazy. They'll, they'll, they'll age. They'll change and get funky, and like yeah. some of them will start tasting like Band-Aid or Barnyard. Like it's, wow. Anyways, I have one that was um, his uh, birth month, yeah. so I am – it was – I think it's like two years old at this point. So I'm just going to leave it and I'm not going to touch it. And when he turns, I, I don't know, we'll, we might do it before he hits 21. <laughs> but, but we'll be like this. This is what your, your this is your gateway. Yeah. To, if I find out he has beer before that, yeah. I'm going to be like, dude, if you're going to, you're, you got to try this. Now, now, did you have a similar, because I remember once you, like you said, we talked about earlier, go from the cheap stuff. And then the first time I tried an IPA, I was like, this ain't it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, me either. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, I'm trying to think what I originally got into. I, I have no idea. I just know I was like picking stuff up from Best Way and yeah. I was just like going through it. But yeah, no, IPAs took a while, and I was like, man, these things taste so fucking bad. Yeah, it's like, why does somebody want this like hoppy nonsense? Yep. 
it like dries your mouth out yep. like it's trash and then like i got obsessed with them like yeah, three it, months later it did i know that's exactly i remember it was like we were back at my house and my dad had some in the fridge and he's like oh i'm not gonna drink them you polish them off and me and some buddies are sitting around a fire drinking them and then like you're like oh this is disgusting and then i don't know like you said a couple years later i don't know if you just finally get got tired of hitting the miller lights or whatever and then just testing stuff and hitting breweries up and realizing like a good hazy ipa that's hovers around seven to eight percent is just to me right on the nose of and then having to pound like uh 10 miller lights or something you know what i mean yeah yeah totally yeah <laughs> it's totally on board <laughs> <laughs> duval you got something in there i'm just kind of gonna kind of gonna add to it you know i'm not a you know, I'm not a master beer drinker like y'all. You know, honestly, funny thing is, is I didn't drink beer until I started hanging out with Jacob Post College. So, <laughs> um, kind of early on the beer train. So, um, one thing I was going to ask is just like from a, from I guess going forward, I know you kind of spoke to a few beers that you're working on. Jacob spoke to the the Citrus IPA, which is something that I really like too. He kind of put me onto that. So, is there any type of a, a citrus or a specific beer that you're gonna that you have your eye on. It may not be this year. It may be, you know, later this year or going into next year that you're kind of going to work on. And then also just as somebody that, like I said, I'm kind of new to it and I know you're not specifically selling it, but like if say for instance, somebody's in Winston or if you're coming through this way, you're like, Hey, listen, I'm going to be this way. Is it possible that I could get a a six pack of, (laughs) of, you know, just, you know, to kind of help out. I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be down uh, with like an IPA or something. I mean, um, I think I saw you drinking wine. You like wine? Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking wine now, yeah. Okay, okay. Do you like stouts at all? Like barrel aged? I'm, I'm more, I'm more of a um, IPA person. Okay, okay, okay. I was gonna say if you if you get into red wine, you can definitely venture your venture your way into like those dark like the barrel aged stouts, like the the longer aged stouts where you get more of that oak coming through on them, and it's not just like alcohol burn. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Because <laughs> um, there's definitely complexity you can get out of the barrel, and a lot of places just don't age it long enough. Is what it comes down to. Because you need that beer to soaking into the barrel and coming back out and going back in, and you'll start pulling out like this vanilla notes you can even get some like coconut out of it some chocolate in addition just to that oaky um flavor that comes from it so um i might get you a, a barrel aged stout just to let you see what you what you think of it at some point but yeah yeah um when i do some ipas i'll, I'll definitely let you know um and speaking actually um I'm actually brewing uh february 4th at Starpoint uh, in durham Starpoint beer study oh, yeah. okay. uh doing a west coast ipa there so you might, I think it might end up seeing some distribution, not sure how much, um, but I could probably get you a four pack or whatever they end up doing with that. Or if it's just kegs, I'll let you know as well. Okay. Okay. It sounds good. And I mean, that, that'll be interesting and that'll be good. And I know um, I would love to kind of just try it out and just, you know, tell my friends about it. And my dad's been getting into beer too. So I've been trying to get him on a lot of that stuff too. So. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. Okay. Have you have you brewed a, like a citrus kind of hazy IPA? Oh yeah, dude. I went through a phase. I was like, oh, I was brewing for like six months. <laughs> they're so like they're so um, they're expensive to make because yeah. of the hops, but they're, the turnaround on them is insane. Like you can you can have like a from brew day to like carbed keg pouring on draft in like two weeks, even wow. less if you're like depending on the yeast strain. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah yeah I. 
I've kind of like had my fill of hazies at the moment, so I've kind of like not. Re- I'm not really as I'm speaking Uber, or drinking Uber Quenchel, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't brewed any lately. I need to. Uh, Ellie's that's like Ellie's favorite thing. No, oh, yeah. the hazies. So yeah, they're, they're now. I did hear you say earlier. You said the uh, you said goose. Now, I've heard goes. Is it just a preference thing? It's actually a different style. So okay. The goes is an old German style, okay. um, kettle sour. Okay. So I'm not sure. I think I, don't, I actually don't know the old, like the traditional way of doing it. But the the way that most breweries do it, they're either going to do a kettle sour on it, or they're going to add um, acid at the end of the boil to get to the, and then just like use a pH meter and check it to where they, get it where they want it. Yeah. And who you know, the original was like coriander. And a lot of people do like salt. Um, like Westbrook was the the original one that was putting it out. Now you have all these with like fruit and whatnot yeah. in it, which are great. Like they're really good. Um, so a goes is actually a, it's a spontaneously fermented beer. So it's nothing added to it. They age it in oak, and it takes like three to. It's like it's a blend of one, two, and three year old lambic. And lambic basically is that spontaneous fermented beer and mm-hmm. then when they blend it out of the barrels it becomes a goes okay okay yeah and that's been have you have you done a sour or a goes yet or is that um no no blending but this the spawn beer i did is like the closest thing i'll get to it yeah at this point i did i tried to do like a um a solera style which is basically where you you make a sour or you do whatever in like a barrel and you pull some off and then you add back to it yeah. and let it age, and then you pull more off, and it it went bad. So yeah. it just got too much. It got oxygen <laughs> exposure to it. Um, basically, picked up, ended up creating a bunch of acetic acid, is what you get, what you get in vinegar. So it basically, stayed like vinegar. Yeah. And I added a bunch of blackberries to it, so I was just like, "Fuck it, I have blackberry vinegar." But <laughs> <laughs> so, I have blackberry lambic vinegar, yeah. so I, I use it for cooking all the time. Yeah. It's really good. Nice, nice. All right, so you're living in Winston-Salem now, right? Yes. Okay, so you mentioned incendiary. What would be your other, I'm guessing since that was your top, one of your top breweries, in Winston, what else would be your second or third spot you'd go hit up if you were doing a little brew hop day? Um, I like Radar. Radar okay. Brewing, they're new. They're, they're, they're new, new, right? Yeah, they're brand new. Yeah, I don't think they've been open a year yet. Yeah. Um, I really like their setup. It's just a, like a really cool uh, environment they have there. I, Wiseman's cool. Wiseman's cool. I haven't been to, no wait, Fiddle and Fish. Fiddle and Fish is what I'm saying is cool. I haven't been to Wiseman. Um, okay. I hear a lot of good things about it. I'm trying to think of what other breweries, you know, since we moved to Winston and had a kid, I really don't do much. Brewery. <laughs> it kind of it puts a damper in that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Joymongers has a spot out there. They do. They yeah. have that uh, the the hall or whatever. It's like yep. right down the street from me. I'm like, I need to go there. Like it's every a, week, I'm like, man, that's a good spot. I should go check out. Yeah, you should. Like, we actually yeah. had a, a a lady who was a bartender there that went to UNCG oh, as cool. well. She works up there. She came on the podcast about two years ago, and then we went up there and did a brew hop and stuff. So yeah, it's a cool little layout. Got a good indoor outdoor. Uh, weird little parking spot though, because it's like on like a weird corner kind of place. But cool. It spot. is. Yeah. I knew it was in Winston, and I like drove by it, and because it's it's probably like a mile from our house, and I was okay. like, oh, there yeah. it is. But yeah, yeah, there's not. It's in a, a 
an awkward spot for sure. Yeah. I was actually looking at a um, a space that was up the street from there, and I was like, oh, that'd be a good brew pub. And then it was already sold, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the time. <laughs> so what would be before we get into the notebook question? What would be if you had to hypothetically guess a timeline on when you wanted to get your brew pub going? What do you think? Five years, ten years? Um, I want to start contract brewing probably within six, and okay. then I would love to have my own space within five. Yeah. Okay. All right. So six months. Oh yeah, did I say six? This yeah. Is like yeah, six months. Six months contracting, oh. Oh. contract brewing, okay. and then um, five years with actually having my own space. So starting six months contract brewing or whatever, building up that capital, save, and then work towards. Because I don't, I mean, I don't want to do something big, but I also don't want to cut any corners. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I guess, I think that's what some of you realize is how much capital it does take to mm-hmm. open a brewery and to get it going, regardless yeah. of the size. I mean, you still, like you say, you're talking ingredients and then you're talking overhead and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, that'd be, you know, look forward to following that journey there. And I, you know, I mentioned to it earlier, but you never, so where else? Is it just West End Beer Guy where people can find you or... Uh, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, West End Beer Guy, you'll see, it'll be a mixture of my son, my wife, beers I'm drinking, stuff I'm brewing, uh, and then if you go to West End Brewing, it'll be just my beer. Okay. Okay. So, I only have two posts. I just started posting, like, a month ago, so I have a a short film, or short, short clip that I made for the bottle release of, uh, Rye. And then um, I actually just posted a video yesterday of the boil yeah. from the, the stout I was making. So okay, yeah, we'll have to. I remember when you switched over, and I was like, you know, if you're ever following somebody on Instagram and they change their name, their handle, and you're like, who is this? And I remember mm-hmm. when you switched it over a couple of years ago, and I was like, I don't remember following this West End beer like, guy. Who is this person? Who yeah, is this? No, and then no. I like you go through and you see like you, the pictures of Ellie and your kid and all that. So I was like, oh, okay. He just changed yeah. his name up because you know he didn't want to put Taylor McKinney up there every, as his handle. So yeah. All right. no, 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 that one still exists. T.G. Oh, McKinn still okay. exists. Okay. Yeah, so I just got... don't use it anymore. I, that was before I knew you could just change the name. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I actually posted on that one. I think like six months ago. So it probably confused you. You're like, wait. Yeah. Is this? Is this? Yeah. <laughs> You're doing the dueling, the dueling back and forth. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So Jeeves, are you good? Oh, you yep. got it. All right. So now Taylor, I'm going to send you to the uh, warehouse distillery. <laughs> Wine Under the Bridge Notebook. I sent you those questions. Jeeves has got yes, yes, yes. terrible audio through the... But it's all right. It's okay. He's, he's been off for a little bit. So you pick a question. Pick one that hasn't been checkmarked, if you can. Okay. And then yeah. while you're doing that, I'll do a little housekeeping. Just let us know when you're good. The Pick'em Top 10, coming in hot. Myself, Duval second. All Favorites third. Stevie C fourth. Uh, Danielle's fifth, Logan is sixth, Lurs is seventh, Cadet's eighth, Paris is ninth, and Jesse is tenth. So Duval is coming up. You know, I got a two-point lead with three games left on the pick'em. You know, you, gonna, you got you got it. You got it in the bag. I know. Ahead. Don't 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 play these no, little no, mind no, games with me, man. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that whatever you pick, I I gotta go opposite this week. Yeah. Because like I said, I got that one win this week, and I was like, okay, I'm within two. So. I, I gotta. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm gonna have to go pretty much all underdogs, so that at least if I, if both underdogs win, 
and you don't take a vote, then at least I can be within two. Yeah. And then maybe I can win the Super Bowl game. You'd but, be, yeah, you'd be within one. Yeah. It, so, yeah. interestingly enough, I had 20 minutes before the Bills uh, Ravens game, I had picked the Ravens. And I, yeah, because then I was like, but I was like, nah, let me let me flip. And I, I flipped it over to the Bills. And then I saw that you had picked the Bills. So I was like, all right, we're good. So I started thinking like you. I was like, well, which I know he's not going to pick the Browns over the Chiefs. Maybe I should switch and pick the, the Bucks over the Saints just to be even. So if it does, if we do get the same, then it's the same. Because I figured that's the upset you were going to pick. Because I knew you had to at least pick one upset. And I didn't because then I thought, well, if I do that and those Saints do win, then I at least get gain a point there. So, you know, you ended up getting – you gained one point, but it's going to be interesting to see how it falls off near here in the end. Yeah. Because if, if Mahomes doesn't play, I have to pick the Bills to win. Like, And and, and, and see me, I got to take the Chiefs. If, if, yeah. It's just hopeful prayer. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm just letting – I'm letting the whole – if I don't finish second and I finish fifth, that's cool. But yeah. it's just like yeah. – I, I gotta, I gotta shoot now. Yeah, you have to, you have to go for the win, and that's the weird part is what people don't realize in the pick'em is, if you just keep picking what everybody else is picking, then you're not ever going to gain any points. But if you lose points, but you have to lose points by trying to go for the game points. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, I think Taylor, you got a question? Yeah, yeah. So choosing from here, we got a uh, what? I'm going to stick with the fermentation type okay. stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite type of bread? Oh wow. I, right now, I have been on a big uh, pita kick. I've been eating pitas, man. I guess that's the type of bread, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I don't know, there's these, uh, like, the Walmart Walmart brand uh, whole wheat pitas. I've just been making all all my sandwiches on pitas. Have you, done, have you got the ones that are, like, pockets? Like, you can, like, fill them up with stuff. I have had those pocket ones, too, yeah. yeah. But the, for some reason, and recently, I guess I'm not the only one because the Walmart near us had the pitas have been wiped out. I mean, like, wiped. Just last week, I usually go to the Walmart once a week, you know, to get stuff. And I, I came across, there was one rack, and they were, when I went to get, last week I got a rack, and then this week they were all gone again. So, everybody else is, but the Walmart brand whole wheat pitas have been, uh, the right amount of fluffiness, they don't like, I always hate when you get a pita and you, you fold it up and it, like, just breaks immediately. Yep. In the middle, you're like, what is this? So... I'll go with Peter right now. That's the hot commodity for myself. Ooh. Um, so I, I, I you said you, you did only say one. So I guess I would say like now because I don't eat bread like I used to. <laughs> I, I do like a, I use like the spinach wrap bread. And like I'll do like when I make like different like wraps, tuna wraps, chicken wraps, stuff like that. A little healthier, so I use the spinach wrap. But if I had to, I just take the regular Harris tea or whatever type, the white bread, the one that you make a good grilled cheese off of, or something <laughs> like that, a good bologna sandwich, like like that. That me. Okay, so that's your favorite bread. Then is it just yeah. a, a plain white loaf? Yes. Oh okay. man, yeah. Can't get wrong. Can't yeah, get wrong with it. No, it's versatile. Like you said, you can do exactly. PB and J tomato sandwich, grilled cheese. Yeah. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> I, I would have I would have to say uh, the white the white bread would be mine. But if I go out to like a sub shop, I normally get wheat. But I would have to say if I was buying it, then it would be just the, the plain white bread, so where you can, like you said, make good PB and Js and grilled cheese. Jeez, I was really hoping you was gonna say pumpernickel, man. 
Yeah, I know. I was just hoping. I was just hoping you was gonna have a stray thought of like pumpernickel or rye or something or something. No. Else. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Taylor. Uh, I'm gonna go sourdough. Sourdough. It's uh, I love that. I mean, it's good bread. You can use good for sandwiches. Grill it on the side. Some butter. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, and then it's great for making um fridge toast as well. It's true. Like leave it out for the day. And then, like, leave it out overnight. Next day, make French toast. Nothing beats it. So, so you you brought up French toast, and I've seen those different breweries. I think uh, Wicked Weed does a, a mean French toast stout. That mm-hmm. the guy, my boss, actually loves getting it. He gets it and like drinks one for the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. Have you done any of those? I know Duvall said you're worst and best, but have you had any, had any of those weird, fun ones where you've used a, a French toast or a Reese's or? you know, cereal or something funky like that? I've done a Oreo stout. Ooh, okay. And that turned out good. It was good, yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, I just made like an 8% stout and then crumbled up like a whole box of Oreos and put it in a bag and dropped it in the keg. Okay. And after like a day, it tasted like liquid Oreos. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because I always come, I have a problem sometimes when you try some of those stouts and maybe it's what you've talked about of, they're on a deadline of pumping them out where sometimes you get a stout and it doesn't be it cherry, be it Oreo, be it, I don't know, vanilla. It like doesn't have that, that taste. You just, it just tastes like a regular plain old stout. And I wonder what, is that just them not putting enough stuff in it? Them not letting it sit a lot long enough. Yeah. And it depends how they're doing it. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when you're doing it at that high, it depends on like the big, how big the brewery is. That's if true, it's like yeah. a, a big brewery, um, a lot of times they're just going to be using extract. Ah, yeah, I mean, okay. It's hard to, you know, drop like 500 pounds of Oreos. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Up here. yeah. So, yeah, they're going to be doing extracts and stuff on it. And sometimes those, uh, sometimes they, they, they'll, it depends. A lot of times they'll stay. Sometimes they uh, fade or they'll turn or yeah. taste like something that they're not supposed to. So. Ah. Okay, yeah, I guess it would be easier, like you said, to grab like two or three racks of Oreos instead of, being a brewery and having to order like go to each Walmart and Target and just empty the shelves uh, yeah. off. It's like, I'll, I'll take a pallet of Oreos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take a liter of cola, please. <laughs> All right, good, good to know. Good to know. Well, that uh, I think that about does it. Uh, Duval, Jeeves, any final thoughts? Any final questions? I was just going to ask, how do you uh, measure the alcohol content, like the ABV? To where you get like seven percent, eight percent ones. How do you yeah. measure that? Good question. Um, so uh, it's called a hydrometer. You can do there's um a, there's a refractometer you can do as well or use as well. But it's basically with the hydrometer, it's you drop it into the liquid before you ferment it, and it takes the gra- like specific gravity, basically tells you the sugar content or whatever of it, and then after it ferments, you do it again, and that difference is what gives you your ABV. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I never really knew how they how they came up with the the, con- the alcohol content or whatever. Yeah, basically just how much sugar's there and that fermentation, like how much is gone and they're like, "All right, that's how much alcohol is in there." So. Then when you get into like barrel aging, um it basically just increases it. So. Alright. All right. Cause yeah, I bought I watched that Moonshiners and that's where I learned all my ferments and tile stuff. Dude, I love that show. Yeah. Moonshiner. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I always like 
I know, like you said, they can't get busted. I know all reality TV is somewhat fake in some ways, and they yeah. can't really get busted unless the cops come in and bust them in the act of making it. But it is interesting to see the science behind it and, and re, you know, realize they're not just dumb rednecks. They still have to be somewhat oh. knowledgeable so they don't blow the whole place up. Uh, At least the guy that was running it. The other guy was my favorite character. He didn't do shit. Yeah. He just sat there and got drunk. drunk yeah. I was like, how is this guy still alive? He's down like three pints of moon yeah. yeah, that is the wild thing. Is You see all these people like, oh, look, you got to be health conscious and don't drink and this. You got these guys who have been powering moonshine for 50 years out here still like I mean, living living live. So. I remember one episode he like fell and broke his arm or something, and he's like sitting in a chair with the cast. He's like, yeah, I'm just sipping my moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, Taylor. I'm glad we could get you get you back on, man. I'm glad we reconnected. It's been so long. I mean, I think the last time yeah, I talked yeah. to you was right around the end of college. So, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it. Sorry, I was so difficult to get on. It's just like, it's, you know, you know and how man, life is. You got a, you got <laughs> you got a wife and kids, man, and you got a young one. It's and any any work full time job and stuff. So it is what it is. I'm just like I said. It's it the negative stuff about the COVID has been all negative but the positives kind of open us up to get people who wouldn't normally join because you yeah. couldn't you couldn't make a trip with a wife and kid down here on a on a tuesday evening so it's been cool to like do this zoom stuff and have different guests on all that stuff so i'm glad we were able to shake something out and, and get you on and hopefully i'll have to hit you back up next time i'm in in the winston area and, and hit a hit incendiary or something and all that good stuff yeah, sounds good, and thanks for having me on. I know uh, when you get into talking about brewing, I can just start rambling, so I appreciate the the time and y'all listening and everything. So, No, it was good. Like I said, I always like to have different stuff on. Thanks for yep. stopping by. Uh, hang around a little bit at the end after I hit hit pause here and so we can get a little quick pick for all the gram and all that good stuff. But Sounds good. Thanks, uh, thanks for stopping by. Duval Jeeves, appreciate it as well. Jeeves, it's been a while, so I'll let you finish it. How do we uh, end the podcast? Peace. Let's go out with some bang. Here we go.